Thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joe Williamson, and this is that nerd dad podcast. And we have a guest today. We have a guest today. Our guest today is Douglas Connors of the True North Eager Beaver podcast. Should I just stop there? I said all of the words correctly. <laughs> uh, Douglas is a hell of a guy who I have had some social interaction with through social media and the Crier Network, but have never actually talked to. This was our first ever conversation. And I asked him, hey, can we talk gay stuff? And he was like, yeah, sure, whatever, that's fine. Uh, so this is that conversation. It's Pride Month. Douglas is a member of the Rainbow community, as you'll hear him refer to it. And um, we just have that honest discussion. As a guy who considers himself an ally, but understands that there's always more I can do, we have that conversation. And it's entertaining, and it's fun, and I'm sure you'll love it, and you'll love Douglas and listen to his podcast, and here it is. Honors of True North Eager Beaver, he is your eager beaver. Douglas, thanks for coming. Hey there, how are you? Thanks I'm very well. Uh, this is going to be a little weird. Usually, Why I'm is this a little weird? Questions. That's no. <laughs> what do you mean you're used to asking the questions? Usually I'm the one that has the guests and I ask the questions. So it's kind of, this This, this is a new experience. This is going to be interesting. I did, uh, you know, Matt Cuntill? Yes. I did his uh, podcast, You May Also Like, and I had the same problem. He was like, can you be a guest? I'm like, sure. I don't know how I'm going to react being asked questions. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, if I'm asked questions on, like, on what I know, that's one thing, but this one might be a little bit more about me. So it's kind of, as well as other stuff. So it's kind of just, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Okay. So uh, I, <laughs> I'm just going to put this out there. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put it all on front street as I think Dean Blundell might sell, say, um, you are a member of the LGBTQ community. Did I use okay. the correct acronym? Yep. Okay. <laughs> or to us, LGBTQI plus. I, I just say rainbow people because it's just way simpler. <laughs> yes. So you are a, you are a, a openly identify as a rainbow person. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. For for a while now, a few decades. At a least. few decades. Yes. <laughs> and it being Pride Month, although we're kind of at the tail end of it, I I said to you off air. I said I want to talk about gay stuff. Is that okay? Yeah. And you're like, sure. <laughs> Let's um, talk about gay stuff. <laughs> I happen to know about it a little bit about it. <laughs> it's not going to get too weird, I hope, but you never know. Um, so <laughs> I, 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 I am a, I think I'm a cis. I think that's a the the hate word these days. I'm a cis male. Yep. That's uh, that's big slur now. Big slur now, thanks to uh, the overlords at Twitter. Um, so I am a cis male. I have three kids. I have uh, a very traditional, uh, man, that's even, I shouldn't have said that, but I have a traditional, I feel like the word traditional in and of itself is offensive. I feel like I'm off on the wrong foot already. I am, I am seeing the wood paneling. Uh, I'm in my mom's basement. That is an unrelated story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mom broke, uh, every podcast hears this. Mom broke her hip. Mom is oh, upstairs. Okay. I have around the house. Okay. I do so this, this is from mom's basement now. No, okay. <laughs> this, this house is like 
50 years old at least. Um, so I have kind of a traditional household, mm -hmm. air quotes. Um, so you and I are going to come at things from a, a different perspective, and I'm going to have a heavy amount of ignorance, but I'm willing okay. to try to oh, learn. Yeah. That's fine. And that's where I think... I, I, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's where we're at in today's society. Mm -hmm. As long as someone is willing to try to learn to be better, that's yeah. the direction we should be going. Correct. Right. And, you know, and the other side of that equation is to not rush to be first offended. Okay. Cause there's going to be, you're going to ask a question, right? You could ask a question that could be offensive, but if you're not trying to be offensive and you don't know it's offensive, why would I be offended? Right. Why would I just not say, well, that's maybe not something you ask, <laughs> right? Or that, to, you know, th there are ways to, but there's no need to rush to be first offended or assume the worst of the other because you might not have the lingo or the vocabulary or the, right? That it, it, it I have this expression that says, I don't care when you get here so long as you get here. Fair enough. Right. So we're all good. So when I just called myself a traditional family, you're not ready to hang up the call and leave? Oh my God, no. You're not I, I, number one, I've bathed in the overall general culture. So, I mean, the, world tra the word traditional family is very, very common, mm -hmm. right, that term. So, I mean, it, it's that's what I mean. If someone wants to choose to take offense to that, I guess you can find a way, but why? Well, because people are crazy. People love to be offended. Yeah, but. If you actually want to get somewhere, why? That, that, that's just noise. It's just noise. Noise? Just okay. Noise. It, it distracts you from where it is, where you want to go. It's just noise. There's no point getting hung up on that. As a, as a, as a Canadian who represents as a rainbow person, um, how do we do in Canada? Um, be inclusive. Um, making, making people feel welcome. Making feel, people feel a part of... Society, because I know that a lot of the noise, as you put it, that we get comes from the U.S. It's a mm. lot spill over into ours. Mm. How do you think we do as as Canadians, making the rainbow people feel accepted and represented? I think uh, we do fairly well. Okay. Now, you're you not speaking on behalf that, of everyone. I'm going to make no, 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 no. Yeah. But you have to understand that you got a wide swath of opinion. There's always going to be one segment for whom it's n never going to be enough, never going to be fast enough, never going to be good enough. That's one. So you take that for what it's worth, and then you know, there's the whole other side of the group where, where you know the the minimum advancement you could advance like a quarter of a millimeter, and that's whoa, that's too much, that's too fast, let's slow it down. But for the rest of us who are in the rational, reasonable middle, um. <laughs> we're we're up there. We're one of the models. I mean, we're the we were the fourth country in the world where um, same sex marriage was actually legalized. Uh, we were going to be third, but Spain kind of just slid in and got in there before us. Um, we've been talking. Uh, we've been having partner benefits uh, way before that. Um, our current prime minister, the one that we have right now, a lot of people like to say virtue signaling when it comes to that but virtue signaling um is usually when you talk about it and you don't do anything well you know the prime minister is the first sitting prime minister to march in a pride parade ever to not only recognize that we exist but as a prime minister come into our home and celebrate with us and that's a big step um 
he enshrined transgender rights into the Constitution because when we enshrined gay rights the first time, we kind of left our trans brothers and sisters out because society was only willing to go so far, so we took the win, but we left some people behind. Now, so we fixed that. We have a two. We have two S L G B T I Q plus strategy that was unveiled earlier this year um, because of all the hate speech going on online. Uh, they created an emergency fund to dish out $1.5 million to 65 pride events all across the country to help beef up security. This particular government is there for us. Was it as a nation, we do very, very, very well. Was the hate this year worse than other years? Cause I I know a lot like, look, the, the additional injection of funds, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, you and I are both very active on Twitter. It's, Mm -hmm. it's how we promote our respective, you know, less than mainstream shows. (laughs) And, and that's, that's where we do our business. And Twitter has become a hellscape in a lot of ways. Um, but we do it because we know we need That's It's, it's where our audience is. It's just not those people. Um, but was the hate more this year? Uh, well, online, see, online's not real life, right? Which is the first thing. Fair enough. Um, yeah. But online, it, we're getting to the point where online is leading people to do things in real life that are really weird. Uh, so, you know, we have people protesting like at schools and libraries and, you know, it, it's just really weird. Sorry, my uh, seat is going down here. I'm just going to fix this. There we go. <laughs> For some reason, I was <laughs> sliding down. Um, there, it's hard to say if there's more, or if people are just have lost their sense of shame. That's because there was a time one. when bigots knew that society wouldn't be welcoming, and they felt ashamed, so they kept quiet. But now that we have. Well, <laughs> Everybody's a content. Everybody can be a content producer. And now you can like, create your own particular silo. Everything's on demand and you can only expose yourself. You can create a world where you only expose yourself to what you already think and know and believe and never be challenged on anything whatsoever. Um, in those areas, you find people that reinforce you. That feel you don't need to feel ashamed that the other people are the problem, not you. You actually have it right, so then you get emboldened. And now we have these things going on where, is it more? I can't tell. Is it more visible? Is it more emboldened? Are there more people saying it? Do they have easier access and ability to say it, particularly while remaining anonymous? Yes. Um, but on the other hand, um, acceptance has also never been higher. And not just tolerance, right? Tolerance is like, you know, close pit on your nose. And yeah, you know, it smells, but I'll deal with it. You know, acceptance is like. Acceptance is, I don't care what they do behind closed doors as long as they don't do it in front of me. Eh, yeah. That's somewhere in between, right? Okay. Accept- <laughs> acceptance is, well, no, it, 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 it's a step more than tolerant, but yeah. <laughs> right. That, that, that might be someone that still comes back and says, you know, like this, oh, do they have to put it in our face? Do they have to shove it down our throats? Do our, you know, that, that type of thing. But acceptance is more like, I, I think of the days when I was uh, involved in some competitive swimming uh, in Montreal at the time we had an actual full LGBTQ team. Um, 
and we would have events and we'd go to other events in other cities where they'd also have LGBTQ teams. But at one point we started competing on the provincial circuit, on the Quebec master circuit. So we would go to just in Montreal, there was whole many, so many pools and everyone had a team. We would go to other ones and, you know, in the own city and then within the province and then to the provincial championships. And you could see over the course of the years, it was like, wow, there's like a gay team. There's a gay swimming team. Why is there a gay swimming team? Why are they here? And then, you know, we would do well, but then you'd get a little respect and then you'd talk to people. And then, you know, they say, oh, well, why don't you come to our event? And then we would go. So that was one thing. They would invite us into their homes to come to our event. But then we'd say, okay, well, come to ours in September. And they never would because there they would be in the minority because at our event, it's the gay event. So we would get the teams from San Francisco and West Hollywood and Ann Arbor and Washington, D.C. come, not just the local teams from the city or just the geographic area. So then all of a sudden they would be at us, they would be the only straight team or one or two hetero teams at a swim meet with 13 gay teams. And everybody's pretty, pretty much naked. (laughs) Right. So it's, it's a difference between, okay, I'm okay seeing you in public space. I'm okay having you in my home. I'm okay going in your home as well, because in your home, it's still your rules. Yes. My house, my rules. Like this. But if you're coming to my house, um, do I need to decay the house before you arrive for your comfort? Or can I leave my house the way it is? And if I have some art on the walls, do you have to hide the tiara that's on screen? (laughs) For example, like this, or if I had a piece of provocative art on the wall, let's say. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast. Heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Are you asking me directly? No, but no, no. Just I'm asking people. Because me in general, that. I'd be fine with it. <laughs> yeah. But, I'm at, but this is something that people, this is something that we think about sometimes. Right. It's like, yes. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Come on over for dinner. Oh, do it. Mm, maybe we should take that picture off the wall. <laughs> the, the post. Maybe we should take out the, 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 cal- the, the fireman calendar and put up the sunflowers and the kittens. 
<laughs> I don't know how I don't know how minorities do it. As a straight <laughs> white person, I have it so easy. Um, I don't think about any of these things. Uh, I have I, I have. Yeah, I have a black friend, uh, and I have minority friends, and they do the same thing. They're like, "Is the house too? Is it okay for for white people to come over?" <laughs> like, it's like it's so much extra to think about. Yeah, yeah, this little thing. Now again, less and less now, but right. I, I I remember I remember once like when I was living in Ottawa and I had my condo and I did have a piece of provocative art in the wall, and uh, some people came in one day to to do some work there was a scheduled maintenance thing um and i happened to had work really really late one night so i actually have, was still there and was still in bed and sleeping when they arrived so i just didn't make any noise because i didn't want to startle anyone but i heard them talking and one of them saw that thing and says oh yeah you know we have some fancy people here oh <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it's like and i'm thinking well you know no i'm right here but I'm right here, <laughs> you know, so it's, but that, that would be the type of, Oh, I didn't expect that. Well, yes, I'm guessing if you're a new traditional family with children, you probably do not have some Tom of Finland drawings on your wall. <laughs> Perhaps. But the dude probably has in his garage, you know, this swimsuit, uh, calendar. It's the it, same it, in the man cave, right? Yeah. But in the man cave, there's a place. But that, that's what that's. But that's what I'm saying. You know, it, it's what it's those things, right? You, everybody has their own comfort level, right? Because when everybody says it's a family event, yeah, but what kind of family? <laughs> not all families are the same. <laughs> They're not all traditional. Yeah, and even some <laughs> traditional families are way more liberal, right? It's like just the idea of saying family? traditional family. It, it, families are broken. Families are a mess. Families, you know, they come in all shapes and sizes. Um, yeah, I'm really regretting saying that. <laughs> some are composed. No, no. Listen, it's that's always almost always been the case. But right, right. But we do have, you know, what what, what we are told is that stereotypical nuclear family model. But that's the White one that we, were raised, that's we were raised saying that that's the one for the longest time. It's sort of changing now, but we were raised saying that this is the one we need to aspire to. And if you don't do that, there's something wrong with you. Well, this is where the conversation pivots to um, representation, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think that, that that's where it starts to become what we see on TV, what we see in movies. We were raised with Al Bundy and Homer Simpson and they have a wife and a couple of kids and they have a steady job and they're uncomfortable, uh, around, uh, homosexuals. Like yeah. there was that whole episode of the Simpsons where he's, you know, the flaming and all this stuff. It's like, they tried to address that even back then. But the idea of traditional is because that's what we see every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's really interesting. I, I was at Starbucks the other day, and this is how times have changed. There was two elderly gentlemen just like sitting there having a coffee. And there was the manager of the store. Um, and uh, let's say he was rather fabulous. <laughs> and they were talking, they were just exchanging, having a great time, you know? And then the guy goes back in after like, you know, washing the, the washing windexing the door and all that kind of stuff and goes back in and you see the two old men there talking to each other and going, he's so animated. <laughs> 30 years ago, animated would not have been the word used and it would not have been said positively. <laughs> okay, so you, you've given me a jumping off point. 
I have written down a few. I, I, I have my, I have your name here, your podcast, and I have mm-hmm. one word written down. And I wanted to talk to you about this one word in particular because it's only used with rainbow people. Mm-hmm. That word is flamboyant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and it, it was just like, I don't, I, I've never heard of it being used in any other context, the word flamboyant, other than mm-hmm. to describe a rainbow person. Yep. Is that word almost offensive now? Or are you, uh, is it, if, is if it, it is, like, I haven't gotten the memo. Okay. The Council of Elders hasn't put down a memo yet. They haven't had, you guys haven't had the big gay meeting to decide no, what's offensive these yet. days? Not yet. Because <laughs> I, I'm like, I mean, we I, just can't we, think of another time to use the word flamboyant. We say the words flamer. Okay, but I can't say you're a flamer. That's not Okay. Well, I mean, you know, if you're an ally, we give you permission. <laughs> Gotta get my flavor Listen, card. We're, we're all we're we're all for the gentle ribbing, right? Right? We're we're all good. We're all, we're good on that. You know. So I mean, but it's one of those things, right? It's like don't take the liberties, but you know, if you're in, trust me, you can go there. <laughs> the the more you give, the better it is. Actually, <laughs> was that a double entendre? I think that was a double entendre. Um, never know. Perhaps. <laughs> um, now that uh, Pride Month is essentially over, um, what do what do rainbow people do for the other eleven months of the year? Do you guys just go back in the closet now? How do we do with this? What is, no, what no, 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 no. Well, well, I mean, you know, yes, we we take all our fabulous and you know we the rainbow flags sure, come down. We make sure that the 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 the, the corner shit the the. The rainbow, uh, the fitted sheet uh, for a rainbow sheet for the mattress gets a uh, folded Martha Stewart style and stored properly till the next year. No, okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> we just we keep on doing the same thing we always did. We just keep on being fabulous. That's awesome. You just keep on being fabulous. It's twenty four seven. It's it, it it's it's you don't turn it on. You don't turn it off. Right. It's who you are. I'm. Yeah, it, it's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just the thing. I'm gay. Um, you know, there are things that come with it, good and bad. There are things that have happened to me as a result of it, good and bad. Um, you know, it's, but it, it's a thing. It's a, it's a, if you know me, if you know the least thing about me, it's one of the things you know. Because, you know, I have a home with someone. I have a life. I, if you're going to ask me, I mean, it's it's going to, and I don't mean this as a double entendre, but it's going to come up. <laughs> Do you ever feel like it's a burden? Uh, no, I've never felt it's a burden whatsoever. Um, okay. I mean, going through the process of coming out and getting to know yourself, why not? that's a burden that's it's not fun for anyone it's easier for some people than it is for others depending on like family friends context um but it th- that part is not fun uh, but we all go through some process of that some of us it's not our sexuality but you know we're, we're all in that age where especially when we're teenagers and you know tw- t- tweens and teenagers where we're just trying to figure out who we are and we try stuff and you know <sighs> try on different hats and see, see what fits and, you know, and just want an environment to do that. Um, but with the, um, the coming out process, the thing is, is that even though you are 
pretty sure, which was the case for me when I uh, wanted to tell my mom uh, that everything was going to be all right. You see so many kids be rejected. About 40% of homeless youth, street youth, is rainbow youth. It's that many. Just parents that did not do the one thing. Love your children unconditionally. Just love them. That's all you need to do. Some can't. For whatever reason. And those kids end up in different places, and a lot of them end up homeless or on the street. You should That should not happen to anybody simply for trying to live their authentic life and discover who they are, right? Um, so... What about now as an adult? Now, when I say that, what about now as an adult? Now as an adult, you have perspective. You have, um, you have insights. Is it ever a burden within the community to feel like I know 40% of homeless youth are rainbow? Is there a burden that you feel like I need to do more for the community? Yes. Yes. And, and, and at this point, it's not only more for the community because we're in a, uh, we're in a, because we are now global citizens and we're also well connected. We are in um, a situation where the sentence or the expression, none of us are free until all of us are free, uh, has never been more evident to us uh, when we look at what's going on in Uganda right now. For example, they just passed. They keep on trying to do it, and they pull back on it. But this time, they've did it, and the, you know, it's been signed into law. But there's a an anti homosexuality law where again punishable by death, uh, certain acts. Um, we have things like the Rainbow Railroad, which is a similar concept to the Underground Railroad, where we help people who are um, rainbow in other countries where they would be persecuted or put to death come to Canada. Um, so there's a lot to do. Um, in Canada, we're very, 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 very lucky overall. And especially, you know, when you compare it to the rest of the world, uh, and we do have the luxury, it's a duty, but we also have the luxury of being able to help and not think about just ourselves. Um, but yeah, there's, uh, there's more to do like in Canada, you know, we had the thing with Jason Kenny a few years ago. Now Blaine Higgs is doing it about wanting to take very, very, very personal information that belongs to a child, right? What a child's gender identity is, is that's their information that belongs to them. And you have the state coming in and saying, you know what? No, that does not belong to you. That belongs to us. And we know that everybody has rights because this is a competition of rights, right? Parents have rights, but children have rights. And we're going to say, we're going to take parents' rights and we're going to put them above yours. And we're going to take this piece of information and we are going to, as the state, give this to your parents because they have the right to know. Now, let's say you accept that as a reality. Let's say you accept that, that the parents have a right to know. Mm -hmm. Regardless of the reason for which the child is not ready to tell. Maybe the child hasn't figured it out. Maybe they're just trying it out and they're trying it out at school because they're with their friends and that's the safe place. Right? And then they're mm -hmm. trying it out and then the teacher goes and tells them and then, but 
something good or bad might happen to the kid. You don't know. You don't know what's going to happen after you give that piece of information. You just don't. Um, but even if you accept that's true, is it the state's place or the state's role to do that? Nobody's thinking about asking that question. Is it your place to take information? Is it the state's place to take information about a woman's pregnancy and share it with their family, with their parents? What say you don't want your parents to know that you're pregnant? What say you're trying to get away from your parents for some reason? Your daughter's pregnant. The parents have a right to know. Your daughter got engaged. Your son's got married. Someone's got cancer. This is not information that belongs to you, Blaine Higgs. It doesn't belong to you, government of New Brunswick. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs only to the child. So even if the parent has the right to know, it is not your place to intervene to take that. Take that information do with it. It's not your information to keep secret or to disseminate. It's not your information to touch in any way or do anything what with. And that's the part that these people don't understand. It really, really matters because you could destroy someone. And it's happened to, as the gay community, outing someone before they're ready. Someone who's HIV positive, someone knows, and says, oh yeah, that person said anything, right? Let's say you have, an, you have an illness of some kind. Let's say you have a colostomy bag, and you don't want people knowing that. You have somebody turn around, oh yeah, yeah, this guy's got a yeah, color. It's like, that's not your information to tell. Yeah. Right? It's, but for some reason, because it's kids... It's like well, we can take the most intimate detail about you and we can rip that away from you and make that ours to do whatever it is we and and this is the welcome to the world. Welcome to the world as an adult. This is the very first thing that we're going to do to you as you're finding out yourself. Do you know what that could do to someone? And I think the kids thing is uh bullshit. I think it's an excuse, right? It's it an is. excuse. It's it's a it's a safe way of um displaying their bigotry because who is going to say of course you shouldn't protect kids protect kids so they position it as we're trying to protect children from what exactly from what Ooh. the gay boogeyman everyone knows there's a gay boogeyman he's different than the regular boogeyman but it's that's it, they position it as we're trying to protect kids and then people buy into that not people Small-minded individuals buy into that, and 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 you know, look, I, I, I'll I'll say this. I think there's something <laughs> unique about the internet right now, and it's it has given the voice to the people in a lot of ways, for the good and the bad. And here's what I'm here. Here's the comparison I'll make. Mm -hmm. You have the absolute morons, the village idiots who I will call them the village idiots. They used to be isolated. They would mm -hmm. be in their vid village and they'd be an idiot. And everyone would ignore them because they're like, oh, that's Jerry. He's a moron. We don't talk to Jerry. You don't listen to what Jerry says. But Jerry went on the internet and found a group of other idiots. And now the village idiot has their own little village full of idiots. And they're a vocal group. But at the same time, the rainbow community, who may have felt isolated in their respective communities, 
were able to find each other and create a movement for good mm -hmm. and force change around the world. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, if we can, if we can see so much good come out where we can reunite uh, people who feel isolated, um, but for all the wrong reasons, mm -hmm. and the the downside to that is I get the morons, which I can accept their morons and just kind of write them off. I'm willing to make that trade because the amount of good that it has done to me outweighs the negative. Yes. I, I'm right with you with her. I, I'm willing to make that trade. And, you know, the thing that, and you, you see it, right? I, there's this picture that's been going around uh, social media. If uh, people have been paying attention about this man that's in a wheelchair and said reformed bigot free hugs. <laughs> right? He's at a pride parade. You know, it's like, again, when somebody like that comes to you, right, reaches out their hand and says, you know, I screwed up and I'm ready like this, you can reach out your hand to do one or two things. Shake his hand or her hand or slap him or her across the face for not having figured that out sooner. His name is Douglas Connors. We're going to end on that because that's like, it's pristine. That's a great out. We're leaving on that. All right. <laughs> You're eager beaver. Okay. That's it. Was it painful? No, no. Not meant to be a double entendre. <laughs> there's so much. There's There were so many times where so I could. Material. <laughs> so much material. Especially when, as you said, the comfort level is there. And you know right. that the the ribbing oh, uh, it can can commence. Uh, <laughs> gentle ribbing. Nice gentle just, ribbing. As long as it's consensual ribbing, it's fine. Yes, um, exactly. <laughs> as long as it's not in front of me. And, uh, everything, was, <laughs> and everything was consensual, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for doing this today, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, I love it. Thank you for having me on. Anytime. Let me hit Andrew. Douglas Connors. He is a hell of a guy, and you can follow him on Twitter at C-A-L-M-E-C-A-M. -E I'm going to say that's Call Me Cam? Call Me Cam? Uh, something like that. But Douglas, um, if you've listened this far, I want to thank you for your conversation today. Um it was a delight. It did not disappoint. And I cannot wait to talk to you again in the future for uh, maybe a, maybe more gay stuff conversation. Who the hell knows? Even gayer. Who knows? We'll figure it out. Um, but the, the level of discourse in education and um, honesty is the kind of conversation that I think needs to continue to happen so we can move the needle forward. Uh, I think it's important. So. Thank you to Douglas Connors. Uh, thank you to you for listening. Thank you to Cryer Media. Thank you to Dean Blundell for putting this whole thing together. Um, just thank you. Be well. Be safe. Thanks for listening. Damn. I'm Debbie Travis. And I'm Tommy Smythe. And this is Trust Me. Trust <laughs> Me.
I'm a decorator. We're now podcasters. And why did we call it that? Well, you know us as decorators, but we've got lots more to share. We want to talk about travel and relationships. We're going to have amazing guests on. Guests who inspire us for sure. We'll probably talk about design too. And of course, Tommy, don't forget about food. Oh my gosh, how did I forget about food? So please follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or as they say, wherever you get your podcast. And we'll pop right up when we have a new episode. Where's this luck? Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon.